Beautiful. Well, look, welcome to uh, Vision Sunday. I'm really excited to be able to share with you what I feel like God has put um, in our hearts collectively, because I tell you now, the vision doesn't just come from me. I'm listening to what God's saying through many of you. And so the vision kind of percolates like a good coffee, and uh, it begins to uh, have an aroma. And always as I head into maybe a couple of months in the back end of the year, I'm looking and asking God, Lord, what are you saying about the year to come? Now, God actually works in seasons and maybe some of our demarcations are months and years and things like that. Um, So I don't have a problem, biblically or theologically, with um, dividing our time up into years and having faith for God to work within that. So I'm going to share with you today a little bit more about what we see for 2024. So I actually want to start this morning by sharing some interesting facts about seeds. So go with me. The largest seed in the world is the double coconut. Did anyone know that? The double coconut. It can measure up to 50 centimetres around the middle. That's huge. Coconuts have a fibrous coating and an airspace inside them because they need to be able to float to a new home. Some coconuts have floated 2,000 kilometres over the sea before they find dry lands. That's the biggest seed. Another little fact. Seeds provide the world's daily food. Your breakfast, cereal and toast, your pasta or pizza lunch, and your rice dish uh, for tea um, all started uh, life from a seed, different grasses. And um, number three, some orchid seed pods hold three million seeds. Isn't that incredible in terms of quantity? Number four, Some seeds found in frozen soil in Canada were grown and produced flowers. The seeds were thought to be more than 10,000 years old. So the DNA in that seed is incorruptible. The seed, everything that that seed needs to produce, it could actually repopulate if it wanted to, the whole earth from one seed. Sounds a bit like Jesus, doesn't it? The new man, the new creation. There are some very dangerous seeds, such as those that come from deadly nightshades. Two berries could kill you. Even more dangerous are the seeds from the castor oil plant. One bean will kill an adult. So just the seed of an idea that gets in our mind that isn't surrendered to Christ can be an undoing in in our lives, in our thought life. Number six... Plant DNA codes for a variety of substances that are unique to plants are contained in the seed. These products sustain not only the plants themselves, but also entire ecological niches, as well as humankind. So here we see the the importance of seeds. Everything begins with a seed. Everything, literally. And it contains the DNA for that thing, whether it's a human seed and an egg, whether it's a plant, whether it's an animal, uh, every living thing uh, has an imprint and starts with a seed. And, um, you know, the enemy, our spiritual adversary, wants to steal the seed in you. He wants to steal your potential. He wants to steal your identity and he will do whatever he can to to take that seed that God has put in you, who he's created you to be. You know, there is no one like you. You might have a doppelganger somewhere, but your DNA is different, I'm telling you now. You are unique and God has fearfully and wonderfully made you and desires to be in relationship with you. When we come into this glorious relationship with Jesus, we receive a seed. 
new seed. Unlike anything that you've had before or that you'll ever have again. It's absolutely unique to you. The Bible actually calls it an imperishable seed because you can't kill it. You can't. The enemy will try and smother it. He'll try and steal it from you. He'll try and convince you that it's not as important as it really is. But that seed is the most precious thing because it represents the beginning of the new creation in your life and in mine. Leanne spoke beautifully about family, being in the family of God. This seed is what actually defines you as belonging to God. In the New Testament, there are parables about having the right garments on, garments of white. It represents this inward transformation. Now, seeds grow very slowly, and the kingdom of God as a seed will grow slowly in your life, and God will teach you across a lifetime. But all that he wants to teach you, all of your identity, who you are, your potential, it's all wrapped up in that one small seed. And we're called to guard it. I love my favourite scripture is in um, Matthew 13, 44. And it says, a man found a treasure in a field. And he went and took everything that he had and sold it to go and buy that treasure. And this seed is that treasure. In 1 Peter 1.23, in the Amplified, it says this, For you have been born again, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. Everyone here, every human being, has a purpose. Everyone. It's not going to be the same as the next person. Some will be more gifted than you, others won't. But nevertheless, you and I, we have a purpose. And this is actually tied into the theme today of our Vision Sunday. And I'm going to come to that soon. And so we've been spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose, not of seed, which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal. That is, through the living and everlasting word of God. There was an early Christian in the first century called uh, Justin Martyr, and he had a phrase for this called the logos, that means the word in Greek, spermatikos, or seed-bearing word. And when you share the good news about Jesus with a friend, when you build a relationship with someone and you go on a journey with them over a lifetime, you've got to understand that this seed-bearing word, this logos, spermatikos, takes root in their heart. It gets watered, it gets, um, you know, some will water, some will plant, but God will cause the growth. You've just got to stick to your part. Just love them. Just do the journey with them. But this seed um, comes about when we just demonstrate and live Jesus, this imperishable seed of the spoken message of Jesus Christ, this word of life, this everlasting word of God. And so this imperishable seed that 1 Peter uh, 23 talks about is this beautiful moment where we are redeemed, we're transformed on the inside, and the kingdom of God comes to, or Jesus comes to make his home in our hearts, he says in John 16, and this kingdom begins to take root. It begins to to bud, it begins to produce other seeds, it begins to spread. And Jesus, you know, says in the scriptures, he says, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. And in fact, he says elsewhere that my kingdom is in your midst or within you. So this is the reality. This is the imperishable seed. And uh, that's why we fight not flesh and blood. That's why we have freedom days. Because everything in a fallen world will pitch itself against this one reality. And that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so I want to say today that this seed is the most important thing. In fact, Jesus teaches on it. 
And I want to take us there now quickly and read through Matthew 13, 3 to 9 and uh, 18 uh, through to uh, 23. And it says of Jesus, he told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the heat, under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still others fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Wow. It's not just uh, cumulative growth, it's exponential growth. It doesn't even follow our linear way of thinking. It is seeds are so potent and full of life. And a kingdom seed, this imperishable seed, can multiply through your life and through mine. Jesus is able to, um, if we just stay in alignment with him, if we remain in him, in fact, it says we will bear much fruit. And so in verse 18, let's have a look at what Jesus then explains, because the disciples have a hard time understanding all of this. And so Jesus would teach them. Over the three years that he ministered, he taught them, he was preparing them to go out and spread seed. The gospel message, this good news that if it weren't for them, you and I wouldn't be here right now. Think about that. You wouldn't probably be in Australia because the colonial era was all about actually taking the good news of the kingdom to the whole world. Some of their methods might have been a little bit... I'm not, I'm not kind of woke in that, in that sense, but some of them were harsh and unnecessary, as we know. But there was a heart there to take that good news, that seed of the kingdom, and spread it throughout the whole earth. And so Jesus says um, in verse 18, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom. So here we have the explicit link between the kingdom and the seed, the message. Uh, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Now, unfortunately... I don't understand the mysteries of why some are snatched and others go deep. We're saved by grace through faith, the Bible says. There are choices, obviously, that we make. But I've seen this happen where someone receives the gospel. There's a genuine engagement in their spirit. And yet the enemy can come along and choke out that reality. He can choke out. The fruitfulness. He can choke out um, the dreams and the visions and the, the joy that comes with meeting Christ. As I said, our spiritual adversary wants to steal the DNA. He wants to steal the seed. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your fruitfulness. This is a year, I believe, in 2024 of harvest, of fruitfulness and discipleship. This is going to be an incredible year of growth. But we must protect the seed. We must protect our hearts from the things that want to rob us of our intimacy with Christ. And I'm committed this year. Tara jokingly shared with my permission, I led her into that this morning, but for me, one of my biggest things that tries to choke out the life of God is just distractions. I don't know why in the last two years my 
it's like just a new level of vulnerability, let's put it that way. I mean, I managed to get through everything, but I do run late, and it's something I'm working on this year. It's real. It, and if I'm not careful, it can choke out areas of fruitfulness. And so, um, and it's a real thing that the enemy really kind of leans on to undo me, if you can. But that's where I experience the battle. So, your heart, your gift, and your potency, as I said, are tied up in the seed. So the enemy can just come and steal that seed away so quickly. And I've seen people, as I said, get robbed of their, of their joy because they, what they actually need to do is push through. And we can help people. Part of our job as a body of believers is to gather and follow up and encourage and pray for so that the seed can take root because, you know, one waters and other plants but again God causes the growth let's move on to verse 20 it says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message so here now Jesus is kind of talking really about four types of hearts or four types of people and I know I've identified with one I'm wondering as I read through these who you might identify with the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And I, in the last few years, I've led a particular lady to faith and, you know, she was so overjoyed. But literally within weeks of making her decision a number of us just saw the enemy coming in and just trying to steal the seed. And for her, it's like life just came on her, that the roots couldn't go deep. She was so overwhelmed. This was genuine stuff. It wasn't just an attitude of indifference. She was smashed. Now, the important thing in those types of situations is to keep the relationship going. We don't judge. Just because someone's not sitting here on a Sunday... God doesn't stop loving them. He doesn't stop calling out to them. He doesn't stop speaking to them. It can be so easy to become religious or to become dogmatic about what we think represents our faith. But actually, the best thing we can do with people that the roots haven't had a chance to go deep is just follow them up. Just follow them up with love and encouragement. Stay, hang in there. Hang in there with them. And they'll reach a point where life stops working and they cry out to God again. And if we've kept that relationship going, there's that opportunity again to receive. So we need to, in terms of our, our roots going down deep, we need to take time and allow our relationship with God to mature. This is important. Just going to church or you know, singing a few songs doesn't, kind of give us assurance it's actually our intimacy with Jesus it's our familiarity with his word it's our it's living not on bread alone but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and I find that there are times I just have to dig the soil of my heart to keep it revived to keep it alive and a good way of that is declaration looking at your testimony giving thanks offering up a, a sacrifice of praise my heart will shift and God's grace is available to me in that moment. Verse 22, another type of heart. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. Now, you know, we know that Owning things and having provisions is not, that's not bad. God provides for us. But it's the love, it's the overemphasis on money and wealth and the accumulation of these things that can grip our hearts if we're not careful. And again, it chokes out um, the life of God because we become more interested in pursuing those things, temporary things that God wants us to enjoy, but not over Him. And so, again, it's just helping Tara starting a course this week. Um, sorry, at the end of the month. 
um, getting started where we cover these types of things. And it's good, I find, just to have a, a refresher to remind ourselves, to reinvigorate our heart and to ask ourselves, am I content with what I have? For if I have enough food and clothes, it says for today, then actually I have all that I need. And when we recently went to India, we were so reminded of that, just the level of sufficiency, over-sufficiency that we have in the West is just um, ridiculous compared to what people can actually live with. And in many cases, they don't even have that. And so keeping our hearts uh, toward God, and I love what uh, Peter was saying about generosity this morning. That's a heart, that's a, that's a part of our community. We love to be generous. We love to uh, plan and be generous. And uh, planning to um, meet the needs of others in that regard, those who don't have enough, um, is a great way of, again, keeping that area of your life flowing. So the thorns and the thistles are the distractions and the worries. And this is where I have to try really hard myself. I have to be really intentional, set alarms and get into the study and leave my phone somewhere else because if it goes off and then I start thinking about it, distractions. Actually, I really respect my middle brother, Tim. A bit of a shout out to him and he um, started a, a new practice where they actually put their phones in another room before they go to bed. And uh, so it completely removes the temptation. So having some little strategies around your area of temptation or weakness, things that want to crowd out so that no fruit is produced, those are are good things to pursue, um, to set up habits. Lastly, in verse 23, it says, it talks about the heart that does receive the seed that fell among the thorns represents uh, those who hear the word of God sorry down to verse 23 the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand so hearing and understanding here are two different things we can hear someone talking and sometimes when we're in a conversation we're preparing our thought in response so we're not actually listening or really hearing what they're saying. And so it's important that we actually truly hear and understand God's word to us. And it says that then we produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. And this kind of, there's a grace in there, isn't it? Because some will produce more than others, some will be very fruitful. It's like the parable of the talents. And so it's on this theme of the good soil. I believe we are a good soil church, a good soil community. And this is a year of fruitfulness, a year of harvest, and a year of, I believe, putting down deeper roots with Jesus, discipleship. And so I'm looking forward to, I'm going to share something in a few moments around a tool that we're going to engage this year. As a church community, we'd love you to be a part of it. And so what I see, I want to look at this idea of fruitfulness and just speak into the life of our church and uh, our community. And there are some who aren't with us today. They said they're going to be listening on YouTube a little bit later. So a shout out to you guys. And so firstly, our vision, reaching people, transforming lives. This is a vision that's bound up in the very DNA of the seed, the message of the kingdom. Reaching people, uh, Matthew 28, uh, 18 and 19, it says, go into all the earth and make disciples. We're called to reach people, to see lives transformed. You know, Paul says in uh, Galatians that the only thing that matters is a life transformed. He boils the whole gospel message down, not to aspirations, not to practices that kind of look spiritual but to actual fruit measurable fruit in our lives are we walking in the fruit of the holy spirit love loving others do we just love people that are like us or do we love others do we work at love joy 
sometimes you've got to stir it up. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. These are all fruits um, that are a part of a life transformed. And so the vision takes place at a very personal level in all of our lives. And I believe as we're committed to it in our own homes, in our own lives, it then actually can take root in larger contexts. And this is important to realise. God is not mocked, it says. We reap what we sow. And so taking the vision of the church and saying, Lord, you've placed me in this community, help my roots to go deep down. How does that translate to me personally? Because I want to say to you today, what is the greatest treasure of the church? Exactly right. It's people. It's you. It's me. You are the message. I am the message. Not just the words that come out. Yes, there's a gospel message that goes out from us, but if there's a disconnect, if it's incongruent, if it doesn't come with love, there's a disconnect for the others seeing it. So the church's greatest asset, if we're going to see a vision come to pass, let's make time for one another to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, to have it happen in our own hearts, in our own lives. And if, if I have to take a step back and recultivate an area of my heart, then I'll do that. I'd rather do that than pretend and enter into some kind of hypocrisy. Your testimony about Jesus actually is all that matters in terms of that seed-bearing word. We are a church of both worship and witness. And so we come. It's not just all about reaching the world. I've been in some contexts where it's all about reaching others. That's the vision. We're just going to reach others. And then you just look behind you and there's a whole heap of burnt-out people. God wants to continue to build your life and reach others. They're a concurrent work. So the vision of reaching people, transforming lives, starts with us and extends out to others. You know, we live in an age where I think it's quite exciting. Formerly, traditional Christianity is declining. On the graph um, from about 1910... It started going down. We had 95% affiliation, people who said, I, I follow Christ. We went through a number of, you know, revolutions, sexual and other, and it started peaking right off. And our culture has gone into rebellion against, against Jesus and against our faith. But the news actually is not that dire, I think. And it's what I actually experience most days when I'm out in the community because it says, um, I was reading a report called Faith and Belief in Australia by McCrindle Research. And it says 68% of people in Australia actually believe in a higher power or a God. They're spiritually aware. So our vision reaching people, transforming lives, there's a whole harvest field out there. And I see for us this year that as we go deeper, there's going to be a boldness from the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts that when the Spirit came upon them, they were bold. What we actually need, I think we know our story. I think we know the Bible. I think we know the power of the Holy Spirit. What we need is boldness. We need to pray for boldness to live out the vision of Jesus' kingdom. Because I tell you what, when I meet with people, it doesn't matter if I have an evangelistic gift and you don't, it might be your gift of helps or your gift of mercy that reaches them. Not me. God knows the gifts that he's given you. And so I want to encourage us today in terms of the vision, it starts with you and I, our commitment to it, not what the church as an organisation is doing. And yes, we will do things, but it's about you and I standing shoulder to shoulder. Prophetically, what I see in regard to the church and the vision this year, uh, actually Inga and Phil were praying, they got fruitfulness, I got harvest, 
and then Tara and I were talking about discipleship and we just kind of felt like these themes prophetically are going to run throughout the life of the church in this next season. And then Rick got up last week and prayed for us and um, he had the word family, hospital and army and I love this because it was more of a confirmation and an affirmation of what God's already doing. Many of you sit in community and rightly so, you're in a hospital. You've needed a year, maybe a bit more, just to heal, to become restored. And this is something we see continuing for the life of this church, is that people will come in, they'll be restored and set free and come into a sense of revival in their relationship with God, or they'll find Christ, find his love, find a loving family, as Leanne alluded to this morning, where the relationships are real. It says, you know, when one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. That's a family. So we're in a family, a hospital, and we're an army. But just because we're in a year of harvest and fruitfulness, you need to hold a weapon in one hand while you're harvesting with the other. You've got to keep your shield of faith up. You've got to hold up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God and declare God's goodness and faithfulness over your life. I want to look a little bit now at strategy in regard to the vision, reaching people, transforming lives. I could talk to you now about what we've talked about for a while, and that is we have a vision to see incredible uh, programs filled with people like you and I reaching others in our community. You know, I've thought of things like mainly music. I love that. Our kids went through that, I think, when they were younger and um, we used to go into Lighthouse, I think it was, and when they were really little. And um, there was, uh, there's others, uh, you know, um, counselling services, there'd be stuff for men and women. But all of this can only happen if we have a building. Because I'm telling you now, we pay through the nose, so to speak, for this space for four hours once a week. And it actually does limit what we can do. Now, I can gladly say that we're getting close to a solution. We're getting close. I actually think that I can say confidently something will happen in the first half of this year. And we're doing our best to keep it as close to this location as we can. And so what a building will allow us to do is to develop a footprint something that's real, it's measurable, it's relational, it's permanent. There's spaces then that you can set up for children, for youth, and you can start to really build what's in all of our hearts, and that is to reach people with the love of God, to minister healing, um, grace, joy, new beginnings, teach them the Word of God, help them practically with cooking skills. And um, Beck was telling me about... A group just, is it down near Unandera? Um, not far, not, yeah, possibilities, yeah. And they're doing this great stuff for people who have needs, where they're running all of this stuff out of a warehouse. And we can do the same thing. We can have stuff there that's complementary. So I could talk to you about all of that, but my main point here, I believe the unlocking of our strategy is linked to a physical space. And so I want to encourage you, don't give up in being generous towards the building fund. We're going to need that to continue to grow. Be faithful with what you can. I'm not asking you to give beyond what you, what you can. I'm just saying be faithful with what God has put in your heart because we're getting to a point now where we can pull that lever and it is going to be a step of faith. I was looking at a building yesterday um, amongst uh, another one that's nearby and, you know, when we came from Albion Park to here, it required us as a community to step up. I think we were paying something like a, a few hundred dollars a month for that space. And then COVID hit, it multiplied greatly, believe me. But we've grown into that. Um, God has met us in that. He's provided people that are faithful in giving so that we can meet our commitments here. And that has prepared us, I believe, for the next step. But with that next step, it's not just a building for the sake of a building, 
I couldn't think of anything worse. But it's what we can do. It's what we can do with that space. Because, you know, when we got our first home, it was very different to renting. It's very different. There's a different uh, sense of peace. You can settle. You can put a nail in the wall and hang a, hang a picture and not worry about what someone's going to say. And so it's the same for the church, having our own facility. So we've got a Vision Builders uh, team and uh, we met a couple of nights ago and um, we had a dinner at the end of last year and a, a good number of people have come over to be a part of this journey and to help strategize on how we can do this, to have ideas, to be clever about how we use the space, how we can even leverage it to, you know, in, in a business sense, to use it where we can, smart. And so all of this is part of um, a strategy to get connection with people. Connection with people. And so this footprint will allow us to expand. There's a corridor that runs through, really, from Albion Park all the way through to past Horsley. And they've estimated 10 years ago that over 100,000 people would eventually fill that area. And it's filling up. So we, we are positioned at a time such as this to reach out with the love of God, to be a light on a hill. And I believe heading towards our own building will enable us to do that so much better. So if you know someone with a warehouse or if God's prompting you in some way to be a part of that with us, don't ignore it. You could be the conduit, the miracle that God wants to use to set this all in motion. But I'm confident we're getting much, much closer and I'm pretty sure this year will be the year we see something eventuate. I want to talk about ministry. I've got a slide that I want to pop up. (coughs) And um, thank you. Uh, I've got a team of people that met with me late last year. We did a review uh, of just our beautiful community and how we can best understand it. And this here, uh, six categories, and it really represents our lives as a community, the body of Christ, how we come together to see what is the point of ministry. It's to serve actually one another, but also to reach the world. And so I just see this year our... um, Our purpose, our vision is that people would go to a new level of understanding. I spoke to you earlier today about God's purpose for you. Every one of you has a purpose. It might be to intercede and pray from your lounge room. And you've committed to do that once a week for an hour. It might be that you've got time to give and you can come and help with Illawarra Community Care and reach a person. I had this incredible encounter with a lady uh, two weeks ago and I I had this series of meetings with four businesses who all want to get on board for the Aussie Aid Night coming up in April. We'll share more about that soon. But they're all either, they're they're all actually coffee type club uh, cafes and they're all saying, how can we get involved? And so Esther's on board this year and she's um, doing up some graphics for us and um, so they want to put this in their cafe and the others too. And, and so one of them said, look, what can I give you? I've got, I've got this ham, this huge ham. So I'm out Ubering. I meet all these people and I'm Ubering. So it's a bit of a ministry opportunity that continues to bear fruit. It's funny how God meets you in the seasons that you're in. But I'm Ubering. This guy asks, you know, what do you do and when you're not Ubering? And I said, well, look, I lead a church and community of believers and we run this charity called Aussie Aid and so he's asking lots of questions. He goes, look, wait here. He goes in, brings out from his home this huge ham and I knew straight away in my mind the Lord showed me who it was for and it's this lady in the community and she came over the next day, picked it up. I got a photo with her holding it. She was full of joy. Um, Inga and a few others have been working, you know, we've paid bills and this lady's come through a health issue. She's now restored got healed, coming to getting started. She got saved on our front deck and is now 
that couldn't do a big group thing. So the church meets not only corporately like this, but I'd say I've got at least half a dozen people that I'd say are in church that I just meet in the community and keep in touch with, keeping it real, just doing life with them, and then the Lord provides what they need when they need it. And this is where, don't underestimate, Illawarra Community Care and Aussie Aid have been an incredible tool and they will continue to be um, because it's a soft entry and then when they know that you actually represent the body of Christ, the church, then it's like, oh, I've kind of, I can see that you're genuine. You didn't lead with that, you actually just led with care. And so all of this stuff links back to these categories. We've got people who are using their gift in gathering, preaching, worship, production, hospitality, greeting, prayer. Kids, I did leave one out, I'm so sorry. Kids, when we gather in whatever context, I love Kirsten Garvin. You're an incredible young woman and I was having a meeting yesterday with Kirsten on the phone and um, just hearing her heart and how you've stepped up, you've done an incredible job and you are bearing much fruit because we couldn't be here if this and, and engaging the way we are if these visuals weren't available. So thank you for the sound, for Glocko and Joel and others who, when we come, a part of being church is we minister to one another. It says in uh, 1, 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each one of you has been given a spiritual gift, use it to serve one another. Each one of you. So no one is left without a gift. Jody, you're a prayer. And so discipleship, Grow. We've got a new pastoral care team. Wanted to pray for Alan Mel last week. If you're here today, we, we're praying for you. We're just so grateful that you guys are coming on with Tara and I and Lydia as well. Lydia's on our pastoral care team. And we're thinking of ways to love people, to have them more connected. Uh, mission. You know, um, our Sunday gatherings. Don't, don't underestimate this gathering people come in and get saved. You know, National Church Life Survey says, consistently over the last 20 years, more people come to faith in a Sunday service than through any other means. So when you love people, whether it be bringing them on a Sunday or through any other means, you're on mission. Uh, Illawarra uh, community, uh, our local as well as overseas. So we believe Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. That's the pattern you see in Acts. And that's the pattern we believe. There have been times we've given to people in Lismore that might be our Judea or our Samaria. You know, it kind of, it's a bit further away. It's not at the ends of the earth when the floods were on and things like that. But otherwise it's here and we've established this beautiful relationship in India, which will continue to flourish and bear fruit. Victor and Nanny have done an incredible job pioneering that. <coughs> Leadership. So if you're leading a ministry area or a connect group or in senior leadership, that's a ministry to the church too. It's actually all of this falls under ministry. Sometimes people want to make demarcations between leaders and ministers and these types of things. The Bible looks at them all as gifts. They're just, they're gifts. I have a role, like you do. And yes, I get to make decisions. I have a level of authority to produce something in your life um, through leadership. But there are many levels of leadership and influence that you can be involved in, and it's beautiful. If you've got that gift, management, administration, safe church, vision builders, the board... I really want to honour our board. Uh, Victor Abella came on the board this last week um, as our fifth board member, the treasurer, um, a man of proven worth. So in terms of budgets, work, health and safety, Phil Garvin, uh, legal, Sue has been doing a great job with our legals and insurance and pastoral and staff support. So this is a bit of a linear picture of the church, of you. 
where do you fit in? What's your gift? Where would you put yourself in this? Can you serve? Even in a small way, because it says each one of us has been given a spiritual gift. Hey, we've reached our time, but I just want to touch on one other really important thing in the life of our church this year that I see. Yes, a building is going to be essential. But while we're waiting for some of these big things to fall into place by faith and actively pursue them, I want us to continue to go deeper in Christ. It says in Colossians, let your roots go deep down into his love. You don't just want to have shallow roots, you want to have deep roots. And so I want to encourage you, will you commit with me this year to make time to seek Christ? I charge you with that. Be accountable to someone, a spouse or a friend or a a connect group. Let's go deeper together and we want to help go on this journey together. I've got to um, actually to represent that as well. Here's ways that you can get involved. We've got this next step. So anyone who is looking to make a next step, it's like a pie. You don't have to follow it sequentially, although you can start at welcome. But you could come in and want to do freedom ministry or you could want, might want to join a team after a period of time or do alpha. You can select. You mightn't have been water baptised yet. These are all things that, as a community... It's a bit of a diagram of how we can help people grow up into Christ. But one thing specifically as I close here today before I pray is um, a course that we want to do as a community called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. I'm really excited about this. We're unpacking it at the moment. And a few of the themes that we're going to look at, there's video, there's breakout stuff, We want to run it in um, connect groups. Uh, It's not hard. you just got a little video. You have some questions and there's... You break it down. Everyone will be trained, anyone who's facilitating it. We're also going to have uh, a Zoom connect for the period that this is running. So if you find it difficult to get out um, at night or something like that, you can jump in. We're going to have... Tara and I are going to facilitate this one. We're going to have it running via Zoom. So all you need is a device, a computer, or a um, yeah, laptop, or a, a phone, or something even. And emotionally health, healthy discipleship is actually about stopping and going deeper with Jesus. It's going deeper into his, who he is, his love for you, taking time to have rhythms in your life of reflection, devotion, prayer, not things that are burdensome, not, not rituals, but things that flow out of relationship. And so I want to encourage us that as we get news of this to you, come and speak to us. Say, hey, look, can I, be, I want to be involved. This is going to be an incredible way of developing those deep roots. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 13, not letting the the shallow roots, but having those deep roots. And that comes through a habit of spending time. I love to close my study up and just go in. I've started lately just putting on a worship song. Um, What's that young guy? Brandon Lake. Incredible worshipper. I've been listening to him and my heart, because the Lord said to me late last year, he said, praise because I'd get this, it felt like an iron heaven sometimes. I just felt like, God, where are you? And he just said, praise. And as I began to put on the garment of praise, it says in Isaiah, for the spirit of heaviness, it would just lift. The presence of God would be there. There'd be peace. There'd be everything I needed. So this year, we're going to need to put on our armour while we're being fruitful, while we're harvesting. But I want to use this with you as a tool to help us explore some of the keys to being emotionally healthy, not wrung out, but moving as one, one body together. So I've just touched on a few things. If you want to drill into anything with me, I'm available. We've got heaps of ideas in this room, but pray for our building. If you're feeling moved to contribute in any way to the building fund 
or you might have an idea about how we can get in somewhere local and get a space with a long-term lease or even in time at purchase. We're moving on this now. We feel like now is the time. Can we stand together? I'm just going to pray and then um, maybe hand it back to Tara. We might, are we going to finish with a song today? Are we? Yeah, I'll hand it back to you and you can do that. I'm going to pray for us. I want to pray for you today that you would have confidence in God's purpose for you. I spoke this morning earlier about the imperishable seed, the DNA. It all starts with a seed. When we came down here, it was just Tara and I and two of our children at that time. It was a seed, an idea in our hearts that the Lord had put there. And we have a beautiful community today. It's beautiful. We love you. We love doing life with you. And so what is the thing that God is putting in your heart? What does he need to water? So I want to pray for you now that the Holy Spirit would water and refresh you, that you'd have all that you need to do his will. So Heavenly Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name over us as a community, Lord, help us, Lord, to put down deep roots into your love. We thank you for the vision of reaching people transforming lives. Lord, we lift up to you the strategies, the desires, the ministry of the church, that each one of us, Lord, would know with confidence what our gift is. And that, Lord, we'd be committed, Lord, to using it for your glory. And Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, rest on every person. I pray for a a suit of armour, Lord God, for every believer. Show them the strategies, Lord. And so, Jesus, we commit the vision of 2024 back into your hands, Lord. We can't do this in our own strength, Lord. You went before the people of Israel with a cloud in fire. And Moses said, Lord, if you don't go ahead of me, I can't go. And, Lord, that's us. We surrender, Lord, today to your timing. And we pray for the Illawarra, Lord. We pray, God, that as we continue to gather, as we continue to love people, that, Lord, we'd see a steady harvest in 2024, we pray. 